Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Leary. We have avoided it for long enough. We've okay, wait, avoided the let subject. Me, let, me, let me say one thing before the subject because I actually just thought of this. What? So I actually went to an educational event this week and... Um, I'm listening. I'm, su- I'm suspect and I'm listening. So... This is when Devin goes into a cult, by the way. (laughs) I was like, I'm, you know what? Yeah, my breakup was hard. I did meet a guy. We played volleyball together at 2 a.m. and he had me lick a puddle. Um, Yeah, so I've lost 50 pounds. Changing your life. And that's why I'm wearing this beautiful golden sash. So the truth is, I don't, it's never occurred to me to look into like events. Like, it's interesting because. A friend of mine was offering breakup advice and was like, you know, like focus on like, what are your hobbies? And for me personally, it's blank there. I know exactly what you mean. Watching TV and reading, which I think are good hobbies, but it's like, there's nothing that I like do that's like enriching. It's also like not working. My hobby is going into the kitchen at various hours. Snacking at 4 p.m. is my hobby. Yeah, so... Getting a second cup of coffee at 11 a.m. is my hobby. Like, those are things that I like that I do for pleasure. So, friend of the pod, Haley Carter's sister, Lindsay Carter, invited me to go see this author speak. You've referenced her on the podcast. I've referenced her on the podcast. It's Nedra glover Kalab. <gasps> oh, my God. I cannot believe... We yeah. really have grown apart if you didn't immediately tell me about this. You, I, know, I, you know how I feel about Nedra. Well, it just kind of happened so fast that I was invited and I went and, and I, I like, didn't realize this is like maybe a red flag thing to say to someone you're like not that close with, but like Lindsay and I are on our way there. And I was like, Oh my God, I hope she has question and answers. Cause I have a question I really want to ask. Oof, and- that is scary <laughs> to hear from someone so you went to an event with. Can you imagine? 
I know. Can so you imagine like, going to an event with your partner? That's a question and answer. And hearing like your boyfriend say like, oh, I hope there's a question and answer because I am getting up on that mic. I would be like, I'm going to have to put you down like a little sick dog. Well, so we get there and there is a bucket and there are index cards and there are Sharpies. So <laughs> like how much ink do these things have? <laughs> you better believe it. So I wrote a question. You shove and a girl my out question, of the way. <laughs> I, I beat up a few people. I have a few assault Devin cards. Devin pushed an elderly me. woman out of the way. He was asking okay, how wait. to reconnect with her daughter. <laughs> Side note before we get back to this, but like, have you, did you notice watching The Bachelor this week? that there was the commercial that was like, do you have a senior or elderly relative looking for love? Submit them to The Bachelor. How many years? How many years have we seen that ad? Wait, I've never seen that ad about elderly? Yes, they do it every year, Devin. This Wait, is what? Yes, this is maybe the third, I fourth season. It says elders looking for love, question mark. And there's like a field behind them as if like all old people work on farms. And it's like apply for The Bachelor? I think that they are encouraging old people to continue to watch The Bachelor. And, you know, oh. Trisha and Ryan season, those people are like, what, 80 now? People, yeah. People, so those I think people were around when Trisha was still a name baby's got. <laughs> so I think that they're somehow hoping to pull in that audience by saying something, even though all we really want to do is see everyone go, you know, to Cabo eventually and um, break up on the beach. I think that they're trying to hook some older audience still by dangling this little, Karen. you know, but I'm sorry. I, thank you for filling that in. Cause I forgot Listen, the word. I know. I'm, I know you all y'all, golden age people are going to say that I'm naive and oh little old Devin thinks she knows anything about life but I'm sorry if you're elderly and you see that ad and you submit to be on the bachelor thinking like you're going to get to d date grocery store Joe you need to go be staying in a home now <laughs> it's, time. it's time you need it means you need you don't need grocery store Joe you need a nurse <laughs> you need something that you can press in case of an emergency that's that's what I'm going to say but the point being, uh, I did beat up some elderly people to ask my question. And um, by the way, Nedra is so fucking stunning in person. Like I was blown away. She glows. They asked my question. She answered my question. So I just want to share it because I just thought it no, was No, I like, was going to say you have to share it. Like in my opinion, it was honestly a really good question that most people would relate to. So anyway, my question was. You're like, and what yes, to do yes, when I've texted um, a Taylor Swift lyric? What lyric would you follow up with? Okay, it's like I've chosen to like already remove from my mind how insane the text messages I've sent to my ex-boyfriend are. It's like, <laughs> you know, I, like, you, forgot, you I forgot about Taylor Swift because there's been so many other <laughs> fucking crazy ones. Like, I forgot I, about Taylor Swift. I don't even want to tell. I don't even want to say like you some don't of the have stuff to. I've said. You don't have to. Please. You're like, oh, oh no, my God. that's okay. Stop, stop, stop. No, no, no. You don't have to. And you don't have to say that to anyone. And Listen. you can keep that to your little We'll self. never forget when I blocked a guy in New York on Instagram because I didn't want myself to reach out to him anymore. And this was Instagram and it's like first edition. And somehow the only way I was able to message him was take a screenshot of a note and send it to him via Instagram. Like somehow that was the only thing that worked. And I did that. <laughs> So I did that. I did. I grasped at straws. And then I said to friend of the pod, little Frex, I'm a Carol. This is something I did. Is it, how bad is it? And she said, yeah. what do you want me to say? Like, what, what do you like, want? 
What do you like, want? Do you I want know. me to say it's fine? That you basically, like, he's going to look at that and spell out, like, oh, she really didn't want to reach out to me, so she probably blocked me, and then she sent me this note saying that she still really wants to hang out with me. <laughs> and that's, that's really thing, sad. Like, the, the mixed messages, that's the thing, is, like, I think that, like... It's yes, really, the mixed messages. It's, it's, it's easy to, con- to, to accuse the other party, meaning the person who did the breaking up. It's easy to accuse them of, like, mixed messages, but it's, like, then again, how many times have I said, like, um, it's really not helpful for me to communicate with you. So, like, I need to stop. And then been like, hey, what's up? Happy Saturday. You know, I, 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 <laughs> this is what I do. At least I regress in age rapidly. Like yeah. I become a, the youngest version of myself where it's literally baby needs bottle. Like, I'm like, I just want to <laughs> be in your T-shirt. I know. I just want to be hugged. I just want you to hug me. I want to wake up in your chest. And then I become Glenn Doyle, but it's yes. not me. You yes. know, it's like for the I'm like, for the awakening I'm of my soul. Care of me, yeah. Like okay, whatever I said yesterday about you're perfect. Uh, never mind. I'm taking care of me, and boundaries need to be set. And then they say one thing, and I'm like, okay, I'm confused. What are you trying to say? Um, <laughs> Wait, one more text. This is the last thing I'll say. What are you trying I'll to say? say? Um, what question mark? Anyway, last so, thing I'll say is, do you want to talk later? Um, yes. Sorry. Is, what, what was your question? Where are you right now? Okay. <laughs> so my question was, how do you draw a line between boundaries? I mean, memorizing it word for word. By the way, I you're think also it's wordy. pitching it. By the way, like you're pitching like a great movie idea. You're like, okay, I'm using, this I'm is using my hand signals. I'm like, listen. Okay, a room full of people heard it, and guess what? I heard resound through the room. Ah. Uh, okay. Mm. So, not to mention the moderator, Charlemagne the God, controversial figure, did say he thought it was a really good question. Okay. <laughs> so the question was, how do you draw a line between boundaries and selfishness when it comes to responding to text messages and phone calls from people? That is a very, very, very good question. Because this is something I have to say. I personally do not like to text about like real things. I only like to text about memes, something funny, someone sending me photos of myself. Like, let's be honest, screenshots of some people's Instagram stories. Yes, talking shit. Oh, talking shit. shit. But even even talking shit, then I have to move to voice memo because it's like, you're like, all right, I'm not, it's too long to text, but like, basically, this is what happened. Okay. Like, to therapize why this person is so traumatic. Like, I don't, I can't even put enough emojis to this. So, for me personally, it's like, I prefer a phone call. And even that, sometimes it's like, okay. I'm watching the housewives. Like I don't necessarily have time for a phone call right now. So it's just hard because I know when I went through the breakup, a lot of people who cared about me, I started to get the, how are you text? The, how are you doing? And I don't like to text. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people like that, but I don't like to text how I'm doing. It's like, I can't even get, well, maybe this is a me problem. It's like, did you see that meme that's been going around of Vicky from real housewives of OC that it's like, someone's like, how are you? And she's like, I, my life is falling apart and my romance has broken my heart and nothing's getting better. And there's no hope for me. Like, I'm like, I guess maybe I could just say I'm fine when people ask how I'm doing, but I'm like, Oh, how am I doing? As if that's a simple question. So I'm just like, I can't even, I guess I see how are you doing? And I think like, Oh, where do I even begin how I'm doing? Like, what do you want to know? This morning was good. Yeah, it was good for about five minutes. And then guess what happened? No, I don't know. So like, I guess, 
for me, it's like, I don't like to respond to that. And then also like, sometimes it's like, okay, I'm watching the real housewives, a family member calls. Yes. I could pause the real housewives, a good friend calls. That being said, like, I'm really enjoying this moment of like watching something in self-care. Okay. So Nedra's answer was she keeps her phone on. Do not disturb at all times. And she'll call you back when she's ready. <gasps> wow. She will call you back when she's ready. She also used because then um well, okay, she said sometimes she'll respond. If she ever responds right away, it's to say, This is the time I'm available. Like I might be available tomorrow at 5 15. It's not like and unless it's like someone reaching out directly saying there's an emergency, it's not urgent. And she also brought up that like this is a product of our time that we're living in. Like it used to be that. She gave the example, like when she was a kid, when she wanted to get in touch with her mom while her mom was at work, it was nearly impossible. Like she would right, call the receptionist right. at the office and she would ask for a time and whatever. So now it's like you can call someone at work in two seconds. You can text someone at work. You can take someone away from what they're doing at any moment. And it creates like this really unfair dynamic where we feel like we owe someone a response at all times and we don't. She also used an example because... Charlemagne then turned it into like, what about if it's like your family member? Like then it's a little harder to set those kind of boundaries. And she said, my children don't think I should be here right now. When I left the house, they said, it's not fair. I don't want you to go. I want you to stay home with me. That's fine that they want that, but I'm going to work because I need to. Like, it's like, that's fine. If somebody wants to be speaking to me, it doesn't mean I need to be speaking to them. So I just thought that was really helpful. I love that so much. And it reminds me of one of the best piece of ad- pieces of advice I ever got. I was in New York and this crazy person really wanted to talk to me, this crazy girl. And um, it was me. <laughs> this crazy girl. She was dressed. She had a butterfly top on and she had pigtails oh, and was ang- angry. No, it was this other angry um, person who was mad at me for some confusing reason. I don't even remember the details of, but I remember talking to my friend being like, I don't want to talk to her. And this woman said, you know, if she's there to apologize, say, I accept your apology. I don't really want to talk about this. And I said, but what if she gets upset? And she said to me in response, and this is so basic, but I still repeat it 10 years later. She said, well, not everyone gets what they want in this life. And I'm like, oh my God, this female urge to constantly make sure that you are getting what you want, even if you is someone random, and I, I have to, you know, I, I really struggle with the fact that like consequences will happen. I, I'm not in charge of making sure the entire world is happy. And especially when it comes to here, here, Glennon comes out, especially when it comes to like my own inner peace, my own time. And I, I don't have to give it all away to people who I find overwhelming or non like unkind if that's harmful to me, not just because they want to. I know. And I think it's like a lot easier said than done. Yeah. But truly. I think, um, and also she, oh, this was another really help. I mean, I could talk all night about what she said the whole, for the whole like oh, thing. I was looking, I, her book was available February 28th. And I know that because I checked literally five times on the Apple bookstore because boundaries no more helped me so much. That's not true. I, for the most part, unless someone asks me for help, I do not offer it. Meaning that, I mean, if I'm at work and, you know, I'm on a production right now and it's, you know, the schedule is crazy and I'll ask people like, what can I help with today, et cetera. But if someone is, you know, 
talking to me, I can so easily get into therapist mode and I don't have to. And I think what Nedra has helped me most with is really being okay with someone else's feelings being messy. Yeah. And it's also the thing that she's, the other thing she said that was helpful was like, you still have to like show up for the relationships in the capacity you're expected to. Like she was like, if you're a boss and you don't like your employee, you still have to give them their paycheck. Like what you still have to do your job. And so like, if your grandparent calls you, like you still have to call them back. You just don't have to do it right away or in a way that's inconvenient to you or in interferes with like how you need to live your life. That's Mm. healthy for you. Right. And she also did talk about like, you know, it's like, it's not helpful to therapize people who don't want it. It's like helpful. I I don't, I don't have a job. I don't have a job at all anywhere where I'm a therapist. I'm a daughter, sister and friend and employee. Like that's, and like collaborator. Those are like the rules I have. I've been wrong many times. I'm wrong about my own life. I've been wrong about other people's lives. Why can't I accept that? people are the best authority on their lives for the most part. I've never been wrong, but that I was mean... wrong once. I was wrong once. And was that's about when I... Who should be president during the 2020 election? I, I you know, in <laughs> retrospect, I was, I was wrong because I've read about this Joe Biden and his son. And I can't believe I posted as many Instagram stories as I did that year. That is what I regret. <laughs> I regret that. Speaking of Men who have no business being in charge. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get back to The Bachelor. I want true Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox, 
you can't go around it. So you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. And we're back with maybe my least favorite bachelor ever. Pilot Pete was up there, but Zach may have defeated him. Zach makes me so fucking angry. Like, there are so many moments in the show where it's incomprehensible to me that the girls don't, like, come from the interaction with him and then immediately find each other and be like, can I talk to you for a second? Like, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? Like, how are they not <laughs> That would be the best shit? season. It's so confusing. Like, they're, they're, like, yeah, it would be the best season if they, like, turned against him and were like, wait a second, he's not even hot, first of all. Second this of all, sucks. he's not interesting. He's not funny. He makes the worst jokes. He makes, like, dad jokes if, like, all dads were the most boring person alive. That's why a part of me thinks him and Gabby do deserve each other because she's so atypical in such a girl way on their London date during high tea. She put a little, she's like, can I put this on you? And it's a girl's veil, like a girl's headband. She's like, Oh my God, just for fun. And, and I was then like, she's like, she's like, he coming. is my King. And then like in his thing, he's like, Gabby, you're my queen. And I was like, these people like, I don't I actually the idea don't, of monarchy could not get worse. I personally, in my own, like my truth is that I don't really understand or know what Brexit is, but I want to Brexit them away from ever coming back to the United States. Gabby and Zach stay there. And, but I guess it's too late because now they're already in Estonia. They're already bringing their stench to Estonia. They're Zach and Gabby. COVID in oh, Estonia. Sorry, excuse me. I mean, Zabby. She comes back from the date and she's like, oh, Zach and I, um, we actually created our own fragrance and it's called Zabby, like Zach and Gabby. And the amount of girls who like freaked out over that and were like, that's actually my personal dream date. Like, I'm so jealous. I'm like, how and in what world? But also the the one part I did like is when they unleashed corgis. I was like, OK, this actually would be a dream date if I just hung out with dogs with a guy. OK, but let me just say this. So this episode where they go to London was the episode that made me say to Carolina, like, we actually have to cover this show again because it's so it's almost like a bottle episode. It starts with Greer. It's an entire arc about Greer and Zach. And Greer is a girl who I guess is in her 20s, but she looks like the royal baby. And <laughs> she starts out the episode talking nonstop about how important tea is to her and they're in London. Yeah. So this reminded me of like girls in middle school who would have like a planner with like the Eiffel Tower on it. And they were like, I'm obsessed with Paris. Like I love Paris. And it was like, okay, so have you ever been there? No. Does it, are you French? No. Like what, what the fuck does Paris have to do with you? It's like girls were like obsessed with like Europe. And Audrey it's like, Hepburn, Audrey Hepburn. Audrey it's like the Hepburn. girls with the Audrey Hepburn poster. And you're like, what the fuck does that even say? What do you like about what that movie? What does that mean to you? You yeah, just want to like, be hot. and You think that's like hot, mysterious. And let me tell you, that's the least hot and least mysterious I've, I've seen. I've, 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 
we can't even talk. That's how angry we are. I can't talk. I'm so angry. And rest in and peace, Audrey Hepburn. I don't like speaking ill of the dead. Oh, no. I'm glad you said Audrey. <laughs> oh, I'm glad Audrey's dead. I couldn't be gladder, actually. So, and honestly, Meryl Streep, too. I'm like, do we really need another movie? Like, she did pills. Okay. Ooh, wait, you mean Marilyn Monroe? Oh. <laughs> I was like, fuck, did you just wish death on Meryl Streep? No, yeah, I hope she dies. I was like, no, where are Marilyn we? Where Monroe, are we? Marilyn Monroe. Okay, Marilyn like, Monroe, my mom's psychic says, doesn't want to be bothered anymore. That people are like, people need to leave her alone. We need biopics about people who are interesting. Anna Nicole Smith, okay? Yes. Give it to us. Luann DeLeps. Who what? also, Luann DeLeps. Luann DeLeps? Okay. Luann DeLeps, I um, also sent a funny housewives shot to my friend yesterday because she asked me how my trip was and i said it was good then i, I sent her luann going um i've been traveling i went to prison <laughs> she's oh my girl. god <laughs> but it's she's so in the car good. home from rehab um that trailer for that season but wait okay let me say this so that girl gabby i mean sorry greer is like so upset because she loves tea she loves so tea. she it's how she her and thinks her family come together her and her family come together over, over tea hot and water and therefore, she thinks she deserves the one-on-one that week because it's London and London likes tea. So when she finds out that she didn't get the one-on-one, she basically loses her mind. And I do have to say, it's like, we have to keep in mind because in the next episode, Zach gets all upset that like a girl is upset she didn't get a one-on-one. This is all these women are living for. They They've have. lost their job. They They've given up their lives. They've given up their, their reputations. They're never going to be the same. So this is what they live and breathe. And I understand that. It's like, I, this is survival anything, mode for them. I kind of was like, everyone else is being so cool about this shopping spree. I would be really struggling with my facial movements. Yeah. The girls are like, oh my God, enjoy your moment. And I really understood Greer falling apart. I thought I would, I, I literally thought I would do she the same away. thing. She I stepped have to away. Take a moment. I have to take a moment. Yeah, she did. She stepped away. And that being said, so like I started out being like, wow, she sucks. Then I have to say, like, when Zach comes down with the COVID-19 epidemic and he is no longer able to attend the group date with Greer and the rest of the girls. But Greer actually has a pretty good attitude about it. She's like, cool, I'm actually just going to get drunk with all these girls in Estonia. And I actually think that's cool. And they talked to like some random woman about like the woman was like just an innocent passerby. And they're like, hey, guess what? We're all dating the same guy. And the woman's like, what? Oh, I guess he better be like really attractive and amazing. They're like, ah, he is. I was like, no, he's not. He's fucking disgusting trash. The only interesting thing about him is that he's related to Putty and he probably has a fucking trust fund because Putty was in Family Guy and has like all these royalties. So that's the only thing that's interesting about him. And, um, don't you think he's also so drinking his own Kool-Aid for after, like, he was kind I, of, listen, I, I definitely wasn't rooting for him, but he did seem very sincere and was honestly very awkward and kind of nerdy. Like, he's cheesy. Cheesy is the best word. Yeah. He looks like he's auditioning for Top Gun. Like, he is trying to be so suave. So I was, I literally thought of Tom Cruise. I literally was like, is he trying to impress Tom Cruise? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing anything he does? At one point, he goes on a one-on-one with, I think it's, I I don't remember who it was. A but lot of the blondes have been have been blending to me, to be quite honest. There's honestly it's hard to been keep multiple, track of the blondes. 
there's been multiple girls he's gone on one-on-ones with who have like alluded to like I was in a abusive or semi-abusive relationship or like a relationship where I was taken for granted. And Zach keeps saying like, I relate. I also was, was dating someone. I thought I knew who they were and I didn't. And it's, I think he's referring to Rachel in which case zero occurred there. We actually all watched Like, I know we all have like biased. Like, she was worried that about- you were young. She didn't like hit you with the fucking frying pan. But also the, they broke up because he just one day was like, hey, Rachel, like, I feel like you're acting like the bachelorette right now and you're not really acting like a real right. person. Like he left the show. It's like, right. I just think that it's so weird. It's like we all saw that happen and we all know reality TV is very natural and real and not edited. So it's like there's nothing we're missing here. Right. Um, so anyway, they go on the group date and then <laughs> and then. What's his name? The host now? The host. Ooh, Jesse Palmer. Okay. So then the Jesse, host. Jesse Palmer <laughs> makes a huge deal over how this is the first ever historic virtual rose ceremony. Okay. Hope there's never another one. Like, it's I don't not want, like, I don't want historic all the time. I don't want unprecedented. Okay, historic is great when it's like, I'm the first Asian American actor to win a SAG award, and that's fine. I don't need a historic virtual rose ceremony or a historic virtual snug as Zach referred to him kissing one of the girls via zoom. And they were saying snug instead of snog. They're like, that did is... you know that the English call a kiss snug? Should we snug? I was like, this is fucking hell. Like, why am I watching this? So in the, the whole point of what I'm trying to say, and I know I've been speaking for upwards of 17 minutes straight, but the point I'm trying to say is, Greer is fucking psyched up for her virtual moment with Zach. And in her, in her perspective, she's like, I did all this healing. I was really upset, but then I had a great day with the girls. And I really turned things around and I'm really learning things because I'm 24 years old. This is one of the most interesting things that's ever happened to me. And my family <laughs> loves tea. And she goes, she also says I have a tea tattoo on my wrist and shows what looks oh, like yes. the Pete's coffee logo. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whoever did you, did you dirty? She goes, I love tea so much. I got a tattoo of it. And it's like, It literally looks like the coffee, like, button on an espresso machine. I was like, could someone have done you better? Imagine me judging that when, meanwhile, when I was 20 years old, I got a tattoo of a unicorn constellation because I loved unicorns so much, but it looked like a penis, so I had to get it covered up three times (laughs) until it looked like something that's remotely acceptable in the human race. So anyway, um... Greer goes into her date and she's like, oh, how's having COVID been? And he's like acting like it's some fucking heroic battle he's dealing with. And then he's like, and then she says, I really feel for you when it sucks to get COVID when you have something important going on. I work in sales and I got COVID towards the end of a quarter and it was really hard. And he's like, (laughs) um, Yeah, so I'm going to have to correct you there. This is my love life. It really can't be compared to a sales quarter. I just want to make that clear. It really can't be compared to you making a living for yourself. I want to shove him out a window. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. But so this is the thing. How did she not come out of that interaction and immediately talk shit? Like, I would be like, and listen, of course, I've been in relationships where I've been blinded. I didn't see what was right in front of me. But like, in no world would I not immediately talk shit to someone about that. Like, can you fucking believe that he was like, um, it really can't be compared. It's my love life. And by the way, I'm a man who's 24 or however years old. Like, you still have actually 25 more years to have children. So fuck you. That's the other thing. I'm like, this isn't like serious for you at all. It would be one thing if it was Claire when she was like the oldest quote unquote bachelorette at age like 35 or something. <laughs> so and it's dark. like, okay, so she has around five years left to have children. I can see, see where she thinks her goals are maybe more close to her or more important than her career goals, her romance goals. But this fucking little boy saying that his love life is more important than making a living. It actually reminded me of the Joe Latrulio character in Burning Love when he's like, dude, I'm away from my family right now. Like, it's like, it's just so incomprehensible. Well, he also did that with God. I want to say her name was Christina, the girl who had her daughter Blakely. 
he oh, he yes. takes her out to a one-on-one. Or they're, they're yes. out on a one-on-one. She reveals yes. she has a daughter. And he says in the most weird, condescending, overly emotional, I had PTSD oh from Pilot Pete. He's like, I have to be honest with you. And I've always wanted to be a dad. I've always been clear about that. But to be honest with you, hearing this, I'm like, are the producers speaking into your earpiece? Um, And she looks like she's about to cry. Obviously, someone is basically telling her, like, you're not viable because you had a child. You love so much. But that means that your, like, dating life is going to be compromised forever. He's like, yeah, but I got to be honest with you. I was overwhelmed. That's overwhelming. And I've decided to give you this rose. You're like, (laughs) fuck you. I I literally get up and be like, I am the words of, you know, another blonde. I'm not going to beg for you. I'm not going to beg for you. I also have to say that's also like Burning Love. By the way, Burning Love is a parody of The Bachelor. That's one of the best things ever made. You literally have to adjust. But the June Diane Raphael season where she plays The Bachelorette. Oh, that's the same season. So Joe LaTulio tells her, I have a son. And she's like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. I kind of wanted to have a real kid first, but (laughs) like, I'll think about it. Like that's basically what Zach said. And it's so fucked up and insane. Um, so whatever. So he like keeps Greer. And then the next episode, speaking of tea, he goes on a little fucking tea date with Jesse and Jesse's like, so Greer has COVID now. And he's like, okay, well give her my best anyway. And I'm like, um, you're killing are you people. worried? <laughs> you're killing people, and aren't you worried about her love life? Like that is at risk, like yours was. And it's basically the next episode is kind of the same thing, where it's like all about like this girl getting upset that she didn't get a one on one, and then he acts like this is the thing. It's like he acts like the fucking bigger and better person. Like he's like, wow, so you care that much about a one on one? What like, is all this he's with a one on one? He's so condescending. He is so condescending. And he's so... It just, you know, the male contestants are boring on a bachelorette, but at least you get, like, messy with a bachelorette. With the men, they're so, like, sanitized and weird and, like, sterile. And, like, thank you for telling me that. You know, at least a bachelorette, like, cries. And it's like, I'm just, like, overwhelmed. Like, I just need more of that kind of energy from the men. Well, they're just more interesting, too. Like, think about... Think about what... Gabby and Rachel brought to the table in terms of like their background and their values and like their thoughts. Well, let's on be things. honest, like, Gabby. Well, to be honest, yeah. I'll, by the way, I love Gabby so much and I follow her on Instagram, but I'm afraid. I have this fear recently where like I'm afraid to Google how old she is mm. because I'm scared she's much younger than me and it will make me feel bad about my life. So that's just a personal thing for me. Yeah. Um, and if you think you're going through something, do not compare it Devin's to my fear over some how anxiety recently. Is. Yeah. Um, so this man is fucking trash. I cannot. I have nothing. Honestly, I have nothing else to say. Like the other episode was so boring. And no, I wish- he's, he's not worth covering. It's 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 more just his relationship to um, women alone and his like dynamic with them. To me, honestly, watching it, it speaks to how I think some people live their lives. And I'm not making a blanket statement. I mean, people who think some of those dates are cute or interesting or I, I, there's just, there's a shallowness to it where I'm like, oh, this girl is just acting like how she thinks girls should act. Like the girl who was like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of scary how stable you are. He's like, scary. Why do you say that? Oh my She's God. like, because... 
I didn't really exactly grow up in a like loving home, you know? And I just think that we deserve more interesting people. Well, this is the thing too. He also like, by the way, again, on the Zoom date, someone was like, oh, it's, oh, Greer. She's like, oh, I, I like, I'm glad I can't see myself on the Zoom screen because I always get distracted and stare at myself. Normal thing. I've had so many jobs over Zoom and the amount of people who've said that it's hard not to look at yourself in the Zoom window, like that's being a human being. And he's like, uh, okay, well, it's okay if you look like every once in a while, but I hope you're not looking the whole time. Oh it's like, my God. Shut the fuck up. Like, I hate you. You have frosted tips and I hate you. By the way, they fast forward or they did he like He does a, have like a Ryan Cabrera kind of look. He wishes he could even be as interesting as Ben in a music video with Kristen Cavallari. Like, at least Ryan Cabrera had that. Ryan Cabrera was a really bad boyfriend to Ashley Simpson, but Why? He did. Because have you ever watched like her reality show? Um, a little bit. I mean, yeah, when he it just came out. Stopped. He just was like, it was, it's, if you watch the episodes, I forget what her show was called, but she had that reality show and he was on it because he was her boyfriend. And you can just tell that he's like jealous of her success and like intimidated by her. And he's just like a loser dud boyfriend who's just like, okay. Like, she's like, can I play you my new song? And he's like, um... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, like, more pop than I'm used to. Like, he just, like, sucks. And you're like, oh, he's a dud. He's a dud. And let me say this. They do a fast forward for the rest of the season. And they're showing the Fantasy Suites episode. Oh, well, well, wouldn't you guess? Zach says he's not even going to have sex at the Fantasy Suites. He's like, so I know this is, like, the sex episode. But I just want to, like, set some boundaries up front. It's like, take your boundaries and walk them out the door to your uncle fucking putty's house. Can you imagine if a guy said that to you the week you thought you were going to have sex with him? I would be like, so you're bad in bed. Just say that. So, so Devin, I know this is sex week to you, but for me personally, I want to set some boundaries up front. I would have said, okay, I'm going to get out of your car now. Thank you. Have a good life. Mwah. And that man was Ted Bundy. And that's what saved my life. No, <gasps> um, <laughs> Wait, what? No, so it's just like fucked up. And and let me tell you this. There's other options you have at your disposal. If you are one of the bachelorettes, if you are the woman who ended up with Zach, listen to us. This is a sign telling you to leave. I don't think he's going to end up with anyone. Oh, I, I think, think he is. I think it's going to be a thing where he like does propose to someone. And then like before even the final Rose or reunion episode, they like have already broken up and she just wants to be an influencer. <gasps> Oh, I, I think he's going to end up with someone. You're like, turn your Zoom screen over and he's sitting next to you in bed. And I think it's going to be a man. He's going to be pretty happy in the end. I think everything's going to be just as it should be. Well, I can't wait to find out who he does end up with. I'm sure they're going to be Nameless Blonde or Gabby or Zabby. But until then, I love you, Devin. Love you, Carol.
Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.